right into it. Welcome everyone back to another episode of Muggle with a Mic. And I have a very special guest back with me again, my very good friend Maggie. Hey Maggie. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. You know why? Tell me. Because we're going to talk about Tick Tick Boom. Woohoo! <laughs> Because, of course, if I have Maggie on, we're doing Maggie starts with an M and an M stands for musicals. I planned it that way. You were born with it. Yes. <laughs> um, no, we're talking about Tick, Tick, Boom, which is now playing on Netflix. And it's amazing. Period. I loved it so much. What did you think? Initial overall thoughts of the musical. I was so relieved to see an amazing movie musical. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and on Netflix. Yes. Yes. Like I said, before we started recording, it was a gift. It was wrapped beautifully by Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. It came out at a perfect time too, where it was just, just what we needed. Yes. They, they filmed it during a pandemic, released wow. it right when our souls needed it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I will say one little bit of news before we get started, and that is Andrew Garfield, who plays Jonathan Larson in the movie, he won an award, uh, was it last night? The night before, for Best Actor at the HCA. Where do I have it written? I'm so old. Where, where there it is. Pen and paper. <laughs> the HCA, actually, they won three awards. Andrew got Best Actor. And then they got Best Comedy or Musical. And then Lynn won for Best First Feature. Wow. I know. That's really exciting. They deserve it. Okay. What are your thoughts on? Are you into the Oscars? Yes, I am. It's kind of sad now since TV has taken movies quite a bit and is so amazing. So, you know, the last few years, to no fault of their own, but it's been a little less than desirable, but yeah. I love the Oscars. I love have, making it a whole event. So I'm very excited. So what are, just the same as with Spider-Man, the only reason I was interested in, I mean, not the only, but the main reason I was interested in it was because of Andrew being um, in it. Oh, did I just, oh, have you seen it? What? Have you seen the latest Spider-Man movie? No, no, I have not. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for musical theater, remember? You're here for the arts. <laughs> well, spoiler, um, Andrew's in the latest one. Okay, great. I, I was super excited for the movie, but I was more so excited for it because I had just seen him in Tick, Tick, Boom, and he was so amazing. So anyway... I was only interested in it because of him. And now I'm only interested in the Oscars this year because I really, truly do do believe that he deserves the win. Truly deserves it. Yes. I mean, he was a, he's triple threat. Yes. Yes. And singing is new to him for this movie. He is not a singer, nor has he sung before ever, <laughs> which blows my mind. I did not know that when I watched it. And so then learning it after, I was absolutely awestruck that he managed to pull that off. I know. I think that's even more why, I think that's why everyone's loving it so much, almost because it's almost like Jonathan had his hand on all of this from above. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that are just all the i mean because of talent too but also just it feels it felt like the puzzle pieces just fell right into place the way they should have yeah agreed and and thank you to their masseuse <laughs> do you know <laughs> for hooking them up yes if you I don't know the story google how lynn found out andrew could quote unquote sing that yes the fact that he asked him if he could sing i was like how how would he know but great maybe he hummed during the massage because it was so good i don't know so funny i i was a i was a nerd and i wrote a little review of my own for the movie i can't wait i'm not gonna read it you're not <laughs> You just tease us and then you're not going to read it? Yeah, because I worked really hard on like wording and stuff. And I don't write articles for like the New York Times or anything like that. And then uh -huh. the eloquent wordsmith that Andrew is outdid me in his acceptance speech last night or the night before. Uh huh. So I'm going to read his. Okay, fair. Yeah, it's going to be better. <laughs> He said, this is really for Jonathan Larson, who's taken far, who was taken far too soon. He didn't get to live to see the gifts that he gave to the world and the harvest of those gifts. He woke up every morning and he faced rejection. He faced failure. He didn't get to receive anything like this. And he woke up the next morning and he started writing the next one anyway, not just for himself, but for his community that were all struggling through the AIDS epidemic. So this, like all of Jonathan's wor work, is for them. And this is for Jonathan's revolutionary humanist spirit that fought for the theater, that fought for all life, for all oppressed people, and for our collective soul. And this will enable another phase of Jonathan's unfinished song to be sung. And it's a song that reminds us, hopefully, of the shortness and sacredness of our time here and the breaths that we have here. That was his acceptance speech? Only part of it. That is absolutely stunning and could not have been better said. That's why oh. I'm going to I'm going to take mine. I would love to hear yours someday. I'll email it to you. Too late. <laughs> but now I have to I have to tape my notes back together. Anyway, but yeah, I I I think he he said that eloquently that if you don't know the story of Jonathan Larson, watch this movie and it's a perfect picture of who he yeah. was. I think that was what's so special about it because even people who were familiar with Rent, which is a vast more amount of people than Tick Tick Boom, a lot of them know what happened and it has always been such a fascinating and tragic story. Mm -hmm. So the fact that then this got the masses to celebrate him, I think is just so, uh, it's so well-deserved even more than like this story of Tick, Tick, Boom being told. The fact that there's like this honoring of him is, I think touches a lot of people. Absolutely. I mean, for me, I didn't know anything about it before the movie was coming out. I, you knew about uh -huh. it. Had you seen it yeah. uh, off Broadway? No, I did not see Tick, Tick, Boom off-Broadway. I saw mm -hmm. it in a regional theater in Cleveland when I was in school. And it actually, enough, was my, like, drive home to Gallup Police soundtrack I would listen to in nice. the car from school. Nice. It was kind of making a resurgence when uh, we were in college. And, oh, I just absolutely loved it. So well, um, I, well, I didn't know that. anything about 
any of this. I knew that Jonathan had passed away before rent. I knew it was tra tragic. I didn't know the details. Yeah. I didn't know anything. This, I'm so glad they did it because then it makes people like me who, and people that aren't even interested in the musical theater to understand what it takes and yeah. the toll it takes on a person. And, and it's a part of them that they want to share with everyone, but it's so hard to share it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it was even more amazing that he, he wasn't just putting his art that he created and made up a story about on uh, the table for people to critique. He was putting his own life and his yeah. own story, which is even more vulnerable right. um, to put that out there. And I think the authenticity of that just couldn't help but ring true then to touch people. Well, and that's according to this, that's what Stephen Sondheim told him to do. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it from Steven. Yes. <laughs> God rest his soul as well. Yeah. Do you know the story of him recording the voicemail for the movie? Yes, but please tell us. I love hearing Just that it's famous that he sent Jonathan Larson a voicemail encouraging him after a writing workshop. And you get to see a little bit of that in the movie. But Lynn actually was also a student of Stephen Sondheim. Like he kind of took him under his wing too to mentor him. And so then when Lynn was directing the movie, he wrote, reached out to Stephen and said, you know, can you re-record this, please? Um, we want like your voice now and we want to hear you speaking to him kind of in retrospect. And so he did. And it was like one of the last things he did before he passed. And so it was like a final beautiful gift for There's the theater the community. Puzzle piece just falling right in. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh. It's all so interwoven. Heartstrings mm, being pulled. Oh, I forgot to, before yep. we get any, any further, I forgot uh, to do our mugs. We can't forget that. No, no. Do you have a, a drinking vessel that you're using today for the broadcast? I do. Do you want to see it? Yeah. All right. This is in honor of Lynn. Dun, oh. da, 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 da. <laughs> da, da, <laughs> My Hamilton mug. It's the nice. best one I could find. But, you know, it's a little cheers to Lynn. Awesome. That is so, totally yeah. awesome. I unfortunately don't have any musical theater or music mugs guess what maybe i'll get a tick tick boom one in honor of this i've already got you the need shirt. one <laughs> no right, i have, have i have it's a, it's another one where i'm running out of mugs so maybe this was a poor idea when i started this out but i have a glass it is movie themed it's pepsi free do you know the reference i don't tell me okay it's back to the future when Marty, Marty goes into the 50s cafe and, and the guy's asking him once, what he wants to drink and the old timey 1955 shop owners like, he says, just give me a Pepsi free. And he says, son, if you want something, you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> That's amazing. That is very cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get into, we'll actually get right into the movie. We're going to try to go song by song and sort of scene by scene. Okay. But I have a feeling if we literally, we, I could pick apart every scene in this movie, like positively. Mm -hmm. It's interesting too, hearing Lynn talk about it. He puts so many layers of detail in 
the people he chose for certain scenes and the way that they're sitting and the way that he hung this art on the wall, like so many layers and like each detail honors Jonathan Larson a certain way. And so it gives you that real Lynn flavor like he did with so much of his work. Cause I don't know if you've ever seen or read the coffee table book of Hamilton. No. Do you know this? No. It's a, it's a giant book with every lyric from Hamilton and it's all of Lynn's notes written out beside it of every single line means because nearly every line is a reference to like a hip hop artist or something in New York city. Like so every single thing is thought out. And so it's fascinating to see how his brain works. And I think he's done that with this too. When you hear him talk about it. He's such a, he's a good kind soul. And mm -hmm. he puts his he puts his heart and soul into everything that he does and that kind of stuff in this movie it's just you you can tell the heart that that was put into it yeah you know, definitely it's like a delicious music theater cake all right here we go <laughs> uh tick tick boom came out in 2021 pg-13 uh here's the synopsis well basically we're not going to do the synopsis i think we've kind of already done it <laughs> It's Jonathan, Wait. it's Jonathan Larson. Google him. He's an amazing person. But basically, he's a young theater composer in 1990s New York, and he's trying to write a musical and just, he keeps, get, he keeps getting rejected. He writes yep. a musical called Superbia, which was an actual musical that he did write, correct? Correct. But before the movie, we had never heard any songs from it. I mean, I'm sure you could have looked it up somehow, but the original Tick, Tick, Boom doesn't include actual songs from Superbia. Interesting. So that, mm -hmm. that whole scene of them standing around and doing the thing about the televised whatever, of, I was like, how, why did they not want to write this musical? Or I want right? to see it. Uh -huh. I secretly am hoping Lynn will do something with it now <laughs> because it's so interesting. But I had to, when I was watching it, I thought like, did they dig up these songs? I'm sure they wouldn't make it like, a fake, a fake song he had written, you know, fictionally. Um, and so, yeah, it's like the actual songs that I found. He never went made to the anywhere. Library of Congress archives and uncovered a lot of his songs. Yeah. I mean, come on, Lynn. We're just going to, half of this episode is just going to be us saying, come on, Lynn. You're awesome. Come on. <laughs> uh huh. All right. So we've already established it was directed by Lynn Manuel Miranda. And of course, based on the musical by Jonathan Larson, stars. Andrew Garfield. Um, Our love. Ah. I love him so much. Um, I'm trying not to like get on the bandwagon, but how can you not? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon. I'm there. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my nickname is Cat, and his name is Garfield. I think we're, you know. <laughs> You're, yep, you got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We could just, come on, lasagna. I've got the first date planned. <laughs> All right, Andrew Garfield, Alexandra Ship, which you're the musical theater person. Has she been in a lot of musical theater stuff? Not that I was aware of. I think she's more recording artist side, like R&B. Um, I don't think she was a big theater person. Oh, I prior. loved her voice. I could be wrong, but it wasn't. I don't think she is has done too much. Gotcha. I saw she did a lot of X-Men stuff and some other uh -huh. things. Um, she was on Victorious. Do you remember that Nickelodeon show? Um, yes. 
fascinating. I did not know this. Yeah, there you go. I love IMDb. Um, Robin De Jesus, which he was in Rent. That was his first mm -hmm. Broadway role. So again, yep. we're going to keep going into all these people that are just connected. Um, Vanessa Hudgens, which everyone, especially in our generation, knows her from High School Musical. Uh-huh. And she was a happy surprise, I thought, in this movie. She really did great, I thought. I, I'm going to be honest. Be um, honest. I love every human, most most humans. There's some right now that I really don't like. But, <laughs> but uh, by the way, prayers for Ukraine right now. Um, I'd like to say that kind of stuff because it marks it throughout the every podcast episode. But sure. what's going on over there is just terrible and prayers to everyone over there. Yeah. Those are the those are the people I was saying I don't like the people. I knew are... it. I knew your reference exactly. It's hard not to have that in the forefront of your brain. Exactly, but as for Vanessa Hudgens, I even when in High School Musical, I was not super duper fan of her voice. Fair. Okay. You're We're... allowed to say that. Okay, but and then she was in the live Rent performance, uh -huh. which I was like, okay, this fits her better. Yeah. And then this one, I was like, okay, I'm okay with Vanessa. She won you over a little bit on this one? Yes, she did. She did. Let me tell you maybe why I was happily surprised. Okay. It was because I have a five-year-old daughter, and we have been listening nonstop to the My Little Pony soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And over and over. And while it's catchy music, <laughs> I was about done with it. And so then to see her in this, I was like, oh, refreshing. You're not a pony. This is great. So that might have swayed my thoughts. <laughs> it's a low bar. You're not a pony. <laughs> what I'm admitting is it was better than My Little Pony. <laughs> Although she does great in My Little Pony. Don't get me wrong. No, no. I watched that. I actually, I have movie night with my niece sometimes. And that uh -huh. was one of our movie nights. And I was She's pleasantly about the same age as Stella, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, when when I heard that was the pick for the movie night, I was kind of like, Ugh. but then some of the songs are catchy. Yeah. Yep. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> just like just like Encanto. <laughs> yes. Also on repeat in our car. Yes. But we can't talk about Bruno. No. Correct. Joshua Henry. <sighs> now he was was he in Hamilton? Yes, at, at one point he's been. I think in every show Lynn's ever done. Okay, and I saw him on Broadway in American Idiot, which is the musical by Green Day. Yeah, and that's the first thing I saw him in. I was like, I will watch everything you're in. You are a magnet of charisma. Oh, when so he really sang fantastic. his first line in Thirty Ninety, I was like, hmm. I know, right? Did you know what he was just doing on Broadway? Was Mr. Pottermore and waitress. Yes, I just saw that the other day. No, that's yeah. exciting. I remember seeing him on the posters and being like, oh, there's a new Mr. Pottermore. I, I always want to say Pottermore. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Muggle with a mic. Yes, <laughs> yes, got it. Yes. But um, I was like, oh, and then the connections and it's like, oh, I love all these connections so much. Hmm. And then the last one I have on my list is Bradley Whitford. Which Stephen Sondheim said that when he found out he was playing him, he was excited because his name sounded like a Jane Austen character. Oh, fancy. Mr. Whitford. If the wordsmith himself says he's pleased because of that reason, that's great. Yes. <laughs> if I was Bradley, I'd be excited. 
Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the first song, 3090. This is our first introduction to the novice voice of Andrew Garfield. What were your thoughts, Margaret? Amazed. I, I tru truly, I was so taken aback because um, the original cast recording of Tick, Tick, Boom, at the end of it, you hear Jonathan Larson singing Boho Days. And um, it's like one of those rough recordings that he did that they just included to honor him. And so it has that very distinct composer voice, which is like not super fantastic, but like they're really good at what they do. They're really musical. And so I thought he nailed the character of the voice and like the timbre of the voice of Jonathan's voice so well. I could not believe that immediately like he had the characteristics of him. So yeah, it was great. And I actually felt comforted like, okay, we're in good hands. This is going to be good. <laughs> but how long, how many bars into it did it take you to feel that? Uh, like immediately, I think it was as soon as he started singing and I think his physicality, the way he moved immediately, I was like, okay, yep. Mm -hmm. I think it was, good. I think it was this part. He had his hand down on the piano and he was just like, stop the clock. And I was like, okay, I'm stopping. I'm paying attention. Listening. Yes. I'm here. Oh yeah. It was to me to the way that he was holding his head and the way he'd look up from the piano to like, it was identical. I think that just would be so hard to do without it seeming like an impersonation right? and to do whilst singing for like, the first I'd, time. Yeah. I just think that'd be really never having sung before. And now let's do this big motion picture and you yeah. have to act like him. Yeah. And it's not just your singing voice. You're trying to make your voice sound like a really famous person's musical genius's singing voice. Oh, so yeah. no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Easy peasy for Andrew. Yeah. So the other neat thing was, have you heard the story about how they got to film there? Yes, I did. I just heard this recently when I was looking up stuff for you in this podcast. I yeah. thought that was incredibly serendipitous. Uh, again, puzzle pieces. Yeah. So for the audience, they filmed at the Second Stage Theater, correct, Maggie? Yes. And this is, that was the same location where Jonathan filmed those scenes. Uh, or, uh -huh. I mean, for his rock monologue back in 1992, I believe. Yeah, when he would perform it. And they wanted to do that originally. Lynn called them and said, we'd like to do this. When they were like, well, we can't close down the theater for you to film for that period of time. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And the theater was empty. So let's put our masks and our shields on and go film there. I just think that's beautiful. I would have loved to just sit in the back and watch that all happen because the energy that they had to feel, I just can't imagine how electric that must have felt. Mm -hmm. So that song was amazing. I think I had heart palpitations during it um, and I loved it. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> Boho days. This is a no. Don't sing, Katie. <laughs> you were great so far. <laughs> For the half a bar. Okay, so that whole scene. I think that was the that was the scene that got everyone into wanting to watch the movie. Yeah. What were your thoughts on all the people and his apartment? Because his apartment they had down to the sagging bookshelf. Yes, I saw this. I. 
first of all, I knew from my car rides from college that they include boho days at the end of the soundtrack. And I knew it wasn't normally in the score. It's not normally in Tick, Tick, Boom at all when it's performed. Yeah. And so immediately when he started it and it was like early on in the movie and the way that he did it so naturally, I was just, my my mouth was on the floor. I could not believe how he integrated it and it couldn't have been in a more perfect way and clearly so thought out. And I heard Lynn talking about how they worked really hard to make it a really natural entrance into the song. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes musical theater can be abrupt and very unrealistic. And so when it's a movie form, right? (laughs) What? Here we go. And fives. (laughs) So the fact that they took into account their medium, that they were doing it on film and made it how it would be in an apartment was, it was just great. So did I believe did and was Andrew singing that live? I yeah, I think that they did it in like one take too, or like the first portion of it or something like in one fail swoop. Oh wow! I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, oh, this movie is amazing. Go see it if you haven't seen it. Get Netflix mm-hmm. if you don't have Netflix. Period. He talks about too in that scene, which I found really beautiful. That um, at one point there's two older women. Um, in the corner, did you hear this? And one of them actually knew Jonathan well and was in his apartment often. And so here she is in the Twilight Zone filming this movie, but they included her as like a nice um, honoring of him and her time. I mean, how would that be? That's basically like a huge time capsule for her. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was very surreal. Oh, very sad, very sad. I even watched a um, very sad YouTube it was of a of a news broadcast where they went in his apartment right after he'd passed oh. and it looked it looked like that it looked it looked wow. like they had filmed right in there so they put so much detail into this movie and there was a road sign up on the wall that they'd stole they'd stolen there was a history of that and i think even down to the cassette tapes whoa because jonathan had filmed it and taken pictures for insurance purposes yeah so that's how they knew all the details. That's crazy. I think it's interesting hearing, knowing that it wasn't that long ago that he was with us. Mm-hmm. And so that means so many people that knew him well and that were in his circle are still around and still working in the industry. And so the fact that they included so many of them was really a neat special touch when it was, you know, for somebody who's no longer here. It's, it just wasn't that long ago, so. No offense to extras, but they just didn't get just some random extras. They got You're people right. that would would benefit emotionally from it. And they know that not a, nobody watching is going to realize that unless you do all of the research and looking it up like we did. Yeah. But so they didn't have to do that, you know? Right. They right. didn't have to. And it's it still just makes it that much more special. When I said in my in my review, which I didn't read, I did say that this is at the end. You're gonna read it. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you, but nobody else. Um, <laughs> but it's it was like the Marvel's End Game of for music theater. It has so many Easter eggs in it that if you uh, if you knew this stuff, those scenes would be that much more special. Like absolutely, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Even though I didn't know a lot of the people, but when you look it up, like I knew the, we'll get to it, but I knew the bums at the Moondance Diner. Right? Yeah. I knew them. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay. Let's move on to 
no more which is the scene where he and his best friend michael which his relationship with michael's beautiful but they're michael's getting a good job getting a nice apartment and jonathan is seeing the benefits of getting a steady job right <laughs> yeah. what do you think of this was this song on the original tick tick boom yes just not in the same order Okay. They're they're a little they're in a different order. Okay. Um, but it is yes. I I like this song a lot because I think that you get to hear Jonathan Larson's style so clearly in this mm. song. It really lays the groundwork for a lot of his future work, and um, just like with the the comparisons they're making and how crass it is sometimes, and it yeah, it's just it brings you to that setting immediately, like zooms you into it. Oh no. When I heard it, when I heard, cause I'd never heard any of these songs before the movie. When I heard this song, I was like, that's rent. That's rent right yeah. there. Yeah. The, the guitar and the drums and the, oh yeah. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't mistake. It. I was like, okay, that's his style. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Through and through. And I love the choreography in the scene and how otherworldly they kind of made it of them. Like they're just dancing around the apartment, but then all of a sudden like they're floating and all of a sudden they're, you know, it's kind of cool how they um, made it like they were dreaming a bit. Oh yeah. Now on the way to his apartment, they were talking in the car about how Jonathan could do a job writing jingles. Uh And I don't know if you know this, but the car is playing some stuff and one of the commercials, I believe, is a jingle that he actually, he did write some jingles for a serial and something else. Uh-huh. And one of the, on the car radio, you can hear one of his jingles. I didn't know that, but I love stuff like that. You know, <laughs> again, details. Anyway, so that's interesting. And then Lynn's dad is the guy behind the counter at the apartment. Uh-huh. And then two guys from Freestyle Love Supreme, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Bell hops, I think. Uh-huh. And yeah. one um, one of the ladies is in the apartment, too, for, during Boho Days. It's in Freestyle of Supreme. Okay. Okay. He, see, that's the thing about Lynn. He'll include you in things forevermore if you uh, work well with him. I want to be his friend just so I can do cameos. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's a good person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love this song. Also, another fun fact, the green shirt that he's wearing during this, the, like, flannel shirt. Uh-huh. Actually, Jonathan's shirt. Whoa. I'm not surprised. I, I, I bet they did that a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Fit Andrew perfectly. Meant to be. <laughs> like a glove. All right, let's go on to Johnny Can't Decide. Mm-hmm. He's trying to decide. He's got Susan on one side who wants to get a better job in the Berkshires. And then he's got... Michael trying to tell him to get an actual job. Um, mm-hmm. This is a very soothing song, but also heart wrenching. Yeah, it really, I think, is one of the first times you see like 3090 is a little bit more lighthearted take on it, but this is one of the first times you really see kind of his suffering and agony of persevering despite all of the challenges. Yeah. I was also going to say, I was thinking about it for a moment. Um, I think okay. in the musical, not the movie, that uh, that's one of the first times you hear the three actors together. So in the off-Broadway version, it's just three people. There's no other cast. And so they play all of the roles. The person who plays oh. Jonathan 
plays him the whole time. But then there's his friend, Michael, who plays Roger, Michael, any of the other male roles. And then there's a female who does um, Susan, Carissa, all of the people. So it's nice because that's the one of the first songs you hear them all together on. Did they do that in the musical because that's how the rock monologue was? I think so. I think so. That was so that was the other thing that really captured me about this movie is the fact that it was like a show within a show within a show kind of concept, Yeah, you know, cause you see superbia, you see his real life scenes, but then you see him performing tick, tick, boom in the theater. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool to see it all fleshed out like that. Cause you don't on the stage. That's why there are some things that are meant for the stage. Yeah. And then there are some things that are just more magnificent on the screen. Yeah, and I think that a lot of movie musicals, maybe not a lot, but there's been a good amount of them recently who have taken into account that there's a difference and then used movie magic to just enhance it as opposed to trying to do the same thing and expecting it to read the same way to a yeah. theater, a movie theater audience. Yeah, which flashback to In the Heights, I feel like. I, I was going to say that. <laughs> it was a great example of that. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I haven't seen In the Heights on the stage, but the whole Abuela scene with Pacencia y Faye. Right. How could they, how did they do that on, on stage? She just sat on the stoop and sang her heart out. And it was amazing. Yeah. But same thing with the pool scene in In the Heights. Like that's, they couldn't do that on the stage. So, right. Yeah. Right. Which I'm going to go back. I've been, of course, I've been watching all kinds of Andrew videos. And he was saying his top five musicals. And he put In the Heights on there. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Along with Bugsy Malone. It's a musical? It was, a, it was like, I, I would call it the Little Rascals musical. It was a bunch of little kids acting like they were like Chicago, you know, Al Capone type people. I do not know this one. Fascinating. Anyway, moving on. A uh, Sunday. Which is a great segue from doing things in a movie that you can't do on the stage because, oh my goodness, what a thrilling, especially for a musical theater nerd, what a thrilling song to watch. And just seeing every single Broadway legend in this diner together. Right. And I didn't know everyone, but I knew enough to know that that room was full. What they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Heart palpitation. And I guess when picked people who Jonathan specifically adored and he said he gathered them almost together as a way to bring all of his idols in the room together to have this chorus for this song that he always sang by himself because he had never heard it like that. And I was like, okay, now I'm crying. Oh my gosh. And almost it's like, it's like another memorial. I'm sure they had a memorial for him, but that's a memorial of yeah. people that he aspired to be, you mm -hmm. know, a yeah. part of, it's, it's so beautiful. And the song itself is based off of a Sunday from in the, uh, in Sunday the park, in the with, park George. with George. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> By the one only Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm watching, I'm getting all these Easter eggs and stuff. So I'm learning all this as it's going on. And every time I learn these things, it just, the movie becomes more and more amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the song includes all of these little motives that are also in Sunday in the Park. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. While we're in the Moondance Diner. Yes. Would you like to place your order? Yes, please. Okay, um, let me get the let me get Andrew on or Jonathan on the line. I feel like you have to order breakfast in a diner. Oh, I'm not. 
you don't have to, but for me, a diner means breakfast food. My favorite. It does that or what I'm going to order. Fair. Moon dance, what do you want? Hi. <laughs> I'm going to take a sunrise sandwich, please. And also a half stack of pancakes. Nice. Thank you. Uh, what do you want to drink? Yeah. Black coffee with New York City tap water. Does it taste different? No. <laughs> it doesn't taste Everyone worse. says it's like the best tap water. No. I find it. No. It tastes like liquid. Water. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm getting a cheeseburger with cheddar and mozzarella on challah bread. Yes. Yes. And then no pickle. I don't want pickle anywhere. Great. I'm going to get fries because I'm a carbohydrate eater. And then this this is my next thing. I'm ready. If, if they don't have this, I'm going to have either soda, Dr. Pepper, or water. But why was there? And I tagged Lin-Manuel Miranda on Twitter to try to get an answer to this. No way. And he has not responded. <laughs> But I need to know why. Maggie, you know my family's from Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh area. Right. And my mom's from Latrobe area, which is home to Rolling Rock beer. Okay. 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 I have a I have a can here. And there is a Rolling Rock tap and a Rolling Rock lighted sign in the window of the Moon Dance Diner. And if we've learned anything about the way this movie is set up, that means something. There is a connection of some sort. That I have yet, I Googled it. I tried to find it. This is the one thing I can't find. Interesting. And Lynn, I, we need to know. I know. And I would love to purchase that Rolling Rock sign. Uh-huh. If, Lynn, if you're listening. <laughs> Just do us a favor. Get us the Rolling Rock sign. Yeah. Yeah, please. I will. Too I, much will to ask. I will take care of it. I will cherish it. No one else in this world will cherish it more than I will. That's true. Anyway, there we go. I will take <laughs> one order of Andrew Garfield and one pint of Rolling Rock. Thank you very much. Check, please. <laughs> All right, there we got our orders in. Uh, let's see how long it takes for it to get here. <laughs> On a Sunday, it's going to be forever. Yeah. Uh, the, the fools i think it's hilarious on this song he's like these idiots just make your food at home it's cheaper <laughs> i don't want to deal with you go away yeah oh yeah brunch in new york city is a thing is it okay yeah what's it like oh, on a yeah. sunday morning you have to plan ahead. you have to prepare where you're going and that's into a big fight with a cab driver during brunch because he tried to take me the wrong way to make it cost more money. This was when um, my husband was visiting me and um, I hadn't seen that side of me yet. <laughs> and I knew he had tricked us and taken us the wrong way. And then we were late for our brunch reservation. And so um, it was not one of my finer moments. Oh, no! but you gotta, you gotta in New York. You have to, you have to. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I think I told you this last time that I, when I went to New York, I thought I was going to hate it. But you know what? I think that acting that way is sometimes freeing. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I, I think it's fine. Get out yeah, of my especially way. When you would ever be that way, like where you live yeah. now. And yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Ricky, my husband will be like, where's my New York girl? Like, come on. 
let's get have a little oomph here. Oh, so it's it's kind of faded for you. Oh yes, oh yes. Especially if I'm walking slowly somewhere, he's like, um, hello. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. We're halfway through. Look at this. It's so amazing, but we're going to, we have to keep moving. Now, can we please talk about the scene where he goes to the advertising agency? Oh, yes. Yes. Everyone in that room has a purpose as well or has a connection, correct? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's the, what's the rapper's name? I can't. I don't know. The only one I know well is, um. Laura Benanti, who's the one leading the session, because she's a big Broadway gal. Okay. The the young guy who was in there with them, he was in Freestyle Love Supreme. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm going to, I again, techno stuff. He, he did, he mentioned Sunrise in the advertising agency. Do you remember uh -huh. this? Yes. Okay. That is a that is a connection to an an awesome riff that he does on Freestyle Love Supreme. Would See? you like to, Would you like to listen to it? Yes. Okay, hold on. Lynn's reaction. Okay, growing up in Maryland as an Indian, struggling, juggling, education, and trying to get a girl to remember my name. Hard game when you skinny with a brown colored frame in the middle of the world and you can't get a girl and you can't get the grades and everything you make is high stakes and I don't know what to say and I look it in the face and I go to outer space because I want to run away. What do I do? These people don't even know what is a Hindu. Are you black or are you white? We can't tell what color. Man, I always felt like I'm an other so I went to a father, went to my mother. Looked him in the eye, said, I'm tired of this disguise. I'm tired of feeling low. They looked at me and said, son, you gonna grow. Son, you gonna rise. Son, you gonna grow. Son, you gonna be whatever you want, bro. Son, you gonna be on stage being a pro. Spitting all day upon the microphone. Son, you gonna rise. Son, you gonna fly. Son, you gonna reach the sun, moon, and the skies. Son, you gonna be the one we proud of, so sunrise that's incredible i would have thought a sunrise but he thought sunrise Correct. it means all that yes and then lynn goes on to do a rap about his dog's butt <laughs> incredible absolutely incredible gosh that blows my mind almost more than anything is the freestyle rapping I, I don't understand. It does not compute in my brain, and mm -hmm. it is remarkable. They've got wires that we don't have. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it brings so much joy when they do it, when they get a, you know, a rhyming, and then it makes all sense. And I'm like, I don't know. 
wordage. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to play game. This is the 90s MTV video featuring Oh, yes. Tariq, is it Tariq from The Roots? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is a added situation. Oh, so it wasn't on the original. No, no. Okay. I believe the the count is that they cut three songs from the original. Okay. They added two from the original mock rock monologue, Bobo yeah. Days, and then two from Superbia. Like ultimately making it this his own piece of art. Okay. Okay. So I just think that's so interesting that he like melded all of these together, all of these different pieces of Jonathan Larson's repertoire. So yeah, no, I, this one I wasn't familiar with till the movie. Yes. Well, and I, they have posters in it. Let me find my, uh, my little notes here. There are posters all throughout it. You think, oh, it's just supposed to look like, you know, 90s music video, which I think they did perfectly, even down to the square frame. Um, but it was a bunch of posters making fun of musicals back in that day. Like the fact that they're not producing Jonathan's, which is amazing, but they're producing uh -huh. all these other ones that are just kind of cliche musicals. Yep. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it again now after this conversation. Oh, See yeah. all of these little things. Um, old songs you already like. <laughs> A new play, but it has the guy from that television show. So you'll like it. Absolutely. A mediocre movie, now a mediocre musical. Uh-huh. British mega musical, the musical. <laughs> oh, how did I not see these? This is amazing. Relevant. Winner of 15 Tony Awards. <laughs> and then Shakespeare. Does it even matter which one? Incredible. Yeah. Okay, that was worth the note searching. Oh, yeah. There's even more, but go back and look at it. And it, it, it's I will. Just, it's hilarious. And those are all, this whole list are just some of the ones that they have on there. So it's pretty funny. That's but, awesome. I love those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, put a lot of thought in every single scene. There's not one scene that doesn't have something special in it. Yeah. And cause that's a reoccurring theme too, is that Jonathan Larson's so mad that no one will produce his work because it's original work. And that is actually even now so really hard to come by on Broadway because people want to make money. Yeah. And so they pick stuff that's safe and his stuff wasn't safe. It was risky, but it was amazing and no one would produce it at first. So now, yeah. what's your thoughts on the remake of West Side Story? Are you glad they did it or do you think they should just leave it be? Um, I will say I haven't seen it yet. Nor have I, but it's on Disney Plus now. I saw that today. I'm gonna wa I'm gonna watch it and then I'll know more. But I will say I think it's okay to remake it. That is such a classic that I I think that's okay. Yeah. To to uh, continue to remake it. But I'll, I will say with certainty that they do not need to touch Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. It's, fine it's done as it is. <laughs> There's so many, I would say. We don't we don't need another rendition of that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I don't know. West Side has a pretty special place in my What's heart. What's your I first one on the top of your head that you don't want them to remake? Oh dear God. Um <laughs> like there's just certain Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> ones we can maybe stop doing. We don't I mean we don't need more revivals of those. Certain Disney mega ones. We can we can stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I get you. I get you. Real yeah. quick, I'm sorry, tangent, musical tangent. Do you think we needed a Frozen Broadway musical? The Since you have a five-year-old daughter. Okay, that was what I was going to say. Yeah. 
<laughs> Normally I'd say no. No, we did not. However, I would have taken my daughter to see it because it's a good message. It's great singing. Yeah. But I will say like Lion King, even though it's been on for 10 billion years, Mm -hmm. at least they do something different and really interesting with it. Right. Like with the puppetry, Mm -hmm. it's super inventive and like makes it worth seeing in theater. So I never saw the Frozen musical, so I can't say for certain, but you know, well, and Lion King, where's it at? Yeah, right there. There we go. There we go. Uh, They also incorporated a lot of African music into it that made it that much more authentic. So yeah. Yeah, that it was of one of the first two that like gave roles to black mm-hmm. people because they were so excluded from the theater and the yeah. theater was still so racist at the time. I mean, it is still, but at the time that Lion King began. Yeah. Um, so that was unprecedented and much needed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of my favorites. Oh, it's so good. I, I won't say it, but I'm going to say it. I may or may not conduct to the to the finale very often like my dream is to i don't know win a contest and i get to conduct them for the finale (laughs) i'm obsessed with that dream how amazing i've got it down i've got it down all the transitions the the um time signature changes i'm ready incredible yeah yeah it'll never happen katie do you know aida i don't know aida very well Okay, random. But I saw Ben. I saw Ben posted something. Oh, did he? He and I just went on a road trip and we listened to it in the car because we saw it in New York multiple times. We were obsessed with it, but it's by Elton John and it is um, based on the the opera Aida, which is about, you know, stuff in Egypt. Yeah. Uh And Heather Headley, who's just unbelievable, was Aida. Anyway, if you like Lion King and all of that music, Aida is your next Go listen to it. It's so spectacular. Adam Pascal is the lead in there. What? Uh-huh. Jerry Renee Scott is the, yeah, it's superb. Now, am I spelling it right? It's A-I-D-A. Correct. Yes, people. Aida, look it up. I'm looking it up. Great 90s. Great, great 90s musical. Awesome. I think it came out 2000, actually, but it sounds 90s. That was the end of the 90s. Yeah. Also, I saw Adam doing uh, something rotten. Oh, yeah. He played William Shakespeare. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that That's was my show. first musical on Broadway. Was it really? And when I saw him in there, because I loved the 2005 Rent so much, uh-huh. because I hadn't seen him on as Rent, but he was in the movie, uh, I was super excited when I saw him there. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Broadway, Broadway star, for sure. There's my connection to Tick, Tick, Boom. Get it. Yes. Yes. You're okay. in there. Okay. Here we go. I'm sorry. Tangents. I've looked at the time. The we, should, we should keep moving. Therapy. Okay. I feel bad. Tell me your thoughts. <laughs> okay. I want to hear. So as someone who heard the song. Okay. I'd never heard this song. First of all, I thought they both, I thought they both were going crazy at first, especially him with his eyes. Again, I'm back to the eyes. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) he's like this, but they became puppets, you know, marionettes almost like, and the back to back, which I know that the stage production, um, they are going back to back with the lyrics, but the movie also went back to back from stage to reality. Uh Uh-huh. So you have like a Russian doll of 
of a song so it's like it's like um inception inception the the song yeah but uh yeah. i thought it yeah. was amazing and it's like you can't miss anything you can't you can't not focus because so much is happening so quickly and his his lyrics the fact that you're it's from the female perspective and then the male perspective and neither of them are understanding each other and it's just the lack of communication uh -huh. um and then at the end when, <laughs> when she says i just want you to ask me to stay and she's he's like mm -hmm. well of course i do and then oh you're thinking of a song uh-huh well, okay. That's so perfectly too, in the way that only two people that really know each other would pick up on that tick, 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 boom. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love the therapy song. It is such a fun song to sing to, and um, it makes me think of the a la Roxy Hart in Chicago, where she's doing the puppet thing. Yes. Yeah. When I first watched it, it was one of my favorites, and then other songs grew on my. I love all the songs. But that was one of my initial first favorite songs. Mm -hmm. I feel bad about you feeling. It's literally a therapy session in, in yeah. lyrical form. Yes. And made into comedy. Yes. But it's yeah. a terrible thing that's happening. Yeah. Like, it's so sad that their, their relationship is ending in this song. Mm -hmm. But it's displayed in comedy. Yeah. yeah. Which is very theater typical. Yes, yes. Layers. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's move on to... Also, I did like Vanessa in that song. That's right, where... Vanessa, give you that one, girl. <laughs> That's where she won me over. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Swimming. Did you know oh, that this song, they accidentally filmed it in the same pool he swam in? That wasn't even on purpose? Nope. Weird. That's crazy. So much serendipity. Puzzle. So much. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I know. I just found that out a couple days ago. Apparently when Lynn was going through some stuff, Jonathan described the pool and the tiles were exactly the same. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is really neat. And I love how they do all the stuff with the notes and it's great. That, that one actually made me think of In the Heights because of the way that they like, you know, made it come off the screen. Yeah, yeah, and incorporate mm -hmm. water and corporate. Yeah, maybe it's the pool part. Yeah, <laughs> incorporate the pool. Incorporate the pool. I'm from New York. <laughs> Get out of my way. I'm walking here. I'm swimming here. Okay, I did love that song. Come to your senses is next. This is Alexandra Ship, and you say that she's R and B. So this, I'm feeling her R and B soul in this song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have her harmonizing with Vanessa. What did you think of their voices together? You know, I wasn't paying so much attention to that as okay. much because I was just so fascinated by the editing of it and that they put their voices together because normally it's just, just like mm. the 11 o'clock number for the female. And when I was in college, this was like the audition song that every girl sang. <laughs> and um, so it was one of those songs that when you hear it, you're like, if I had to hear this song one more time, but yet it's really good. And that's why everybody chose it, you know? So to hear it this way, I was like, ah, it's yeah. fresh. It's amazing. I was so enthralled by it because it was something new. It like, had done it in a different way. Yeah. And with Alexandra Ship kind of doing a little R&B bit. And, and technically, according to the story, this is the one that Stephen Sondheim told him, you got to write this song. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Also, fun fact in that in that scene where they're I'm sorry, it's we're going to keep extending tangents in that scene where he's at the workshop and they're critiquing his music. Uh -huh. Everyone in that yeah. scene. But then some of them are also recipients of the Jonathan Larson scholarship. Oh, <laughs> heart wrenching. That's awesome. So they are there because of him. A lot of people are in music theater because of him now. Oh, so many. Mm -hmm. So many. Yeah. I mean, Lynn Manuel said he was. So say no more. That was the other thing from my my little stupid little review. I said that basically Lynn or, or Jonathan passed the baton onto Lynn, I feel. Yeah. Because yeah. Lynn brought in rap or rapping and R&B and the music, which was something that was never being done before. And mm -hmm. because he watched Jonathan bring rock into it. Yeah. Continuation. Yeah, exactly. And like he said, Lynn said, I'm the only one who could make this movie truly. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Like no one else could do it with that much insight and having walked in those shoes as close as you could. Yeah. So he had such next level understanding of what that life is like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not cockiness on Lynn's part. It's no, no, no. It's like, I, I won't allow you to do this. I, I love Jonathan so much. You have yeah. to let me do this. It's like gratitude. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we have the short little one, real life. Mm -hmm. Was it short like that? I mean, it's long, but it's basically the lyrics are, is this real life? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is that how it is in the, in the stage production? Yeah. It's a little bit longer. But okay. yes, it's, it's mainly transitionary. Is yeah. that a word? It's transitional. It I made it one. It's transitional. Um, but I think it's just a little bit longer. I like how they made it kind of a montage mm -hmm. scene. Well, and it's almost like you don't, Jonathan is a genius because you don't need more lyrics because right. you're just trying, you along with Michael are trying to grasp what is happening in his life right now. He's just been diagnosed with AIDS. Yeah. At this point, he hasn't, t I mean, wait, he has told Jonathan in the movie. I correct? think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and it's just them trying to grasp with that, which that was a terrible time in our country mm -hmm. that we just weren't accepting of people and, and being human beings and caring for one another. Yeah. I feel like that song really exudes the feelings of those, of the people diagnosed with AIDS, not yeah. having people you know, support them. Yeah. I think that this movie did such a good job of shining a light on that mm -hmm. and how young so many of these people were. And I think a lot of people know that it was bad, but didn't, don't realize how like brushed under the rug it was. Right. So I think that they did a great job of bringing a lot of that to light. Absolutely. And so did Rent. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Oh, very, very sad. And, and I mean, when his, uh, when his friend at the diner first has to go to the hospital and then you find out that, and happily, Michael is still alive to this day, correct? I think so. I believe he is. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to, okay, this one, this next one. <laughs> Why is the name of the song? Uh -huh. And so much stuff is happening in the song not only on screen but also i believe with the people playing the characters because andrew and his story behind he sang that live too didn't he this mm -hmm. this song 
Okay, so he's, I'm sorry, I get very, when I think about it, it's like there's so many thoughts and emotions and I can't I form, form words. He's recording it at the Delacorte Theater, correct? Yeah. yeah. That's where they film Shakespeare in the Park. Yes, yes. Okay. And I watched... Great space. There's an HBO series where they they film the first production of Shakespeare in the Park after COVID. Have you watched that on HBO? No. It's really what good. What is it called? I want to see it. Oh, Fiddle Sticks. I'll, <laughs> I'll look, look it up. I'll look but it up and send you. Yes. Okay. And it's, um, I forget, but they do like an African-American take on Shakespeare. It's very good. Ooh, yeah. Cool. But it's not the show. It's just the documentary of them getting the show back up and running and the struggles. Yeah. So when I saw this, not being, you know, in New York a lot, I recognized it because of that series. I recognized the the stage and the seating uh -huh. and everything. What did you think of Andrew's performance in this, in this song? You know, this song I love because it's got more Stephen Sondheim little mm -hmm. nods, snippets in it. Yeah, yeah. And like actual like bars of music from like, I think West Side and um, what else? Another one of Stephen's musicals. No, I thought it was very actually emotional and heartwarming. Do you know the background to some of the emotions of Andrew's performance? of White? In that particular song? Yeah. Well, that and the rest of the movie. Not the ones that you're referring to. Okay. Tell, me. Tell us, Katie. Buckle up. Ready. This, this is another reason why I love him. His mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer before COVID, and she passed away oh sadly goodness. in 2019, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, he was very close with his mother, and she passed away right before they started filming. Okay. And that he says that 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 scene he's singing to his mom. Well, that'll get you. Yeah, yeah, and he says that she's in every frame of this movie. Oh, and he says he when they, when he gets interviewed and and they ask about his mother, he cries. Seen this? Yes, I have seen this, and I forgot that that was him. But that, these words that he says, go on and tell them, have stuck with me. Oh, uh, maybe I don't, but let's see if they're the same ones. But he basically just says, I love I loved talking about my mother. I'd never want her yeah. to stop talking about her. What, what did you hear him say specifically? Mm -hmm. Just the same thing. He immediately says, like, you know, don't feel bad that I'm crying. This crying means that I have so much love for her. And it reminds me that she meant so much to me because this is what it does. And mm -hmm. Is really beautiful the way he says it. And he talks about his mom and like he, he tries to be a kind person, he says. And he says, mm -hmm. well, sometimes I, you know, I drop the ball and he says, I can just feel her hand on my shoulder going, Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Oh. <laughs> That's beautiful. I know. He's a good, good soul. And, and, and yeah. it's clearly because he was raised by a wonderful woman. So, yeah. I love him. Uh, moving on. <laughs> this is a We Heart Andrew Garfield podcast. Yes. <laughs> I should rename it. Rightfully I... so. Okay. Last song. Okay. Let's talk about the last song. Uh, Louder Than Words. It makes me cry every time. Yes. Again, sing to this in the car now. How could you not? It is an anthem. <laughs> It's an anthem. Yes, absolutely. And that is a perfect description of it. Mm -hmm. Was it on the original stage production? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. It's just this great giant closer. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I can't. 
it, and it, mm-hmm. and it brings together you see him writing the notes throughout the whole movie of getting ready for this song like fear or love uh-huh perfect perfect i mean the whole movie is about him writing come to your senses trying to figure that one out but then the last song mm-hmm. is the last song to tick tick boom or boho days it was so neat to knowing that song like backward and forward because loving it yeah. so much before. And so then seeing throughout the movie, him seeing the little signs and taking the notes, it was like, oh, you knew what yeah. was coming. And I didn't, I've rewatched it a few times. Um, and I got to yeah. see it the first time through. I had no clue what was happening. And then second, third, fourth mm-hmm. time through, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple other really good ones um, in the musical that they cut, but um, there's little nods to them. So there's um, the sugar song, you know, when he's having the scene and he's like, I can write anything about sugar. That's a full song. That's a full song in the musical and the green, green dress. One of my favorites, green, green dress, 20 buttons and a strap. Yeah. All those. So good. So she wears the green dress, but. Now that's on the, I downloaded the Tick, Tick, Boom movie album. Is it on there? The it's on there, their version of it. So Andrew and Alexandra's version. Uh-huh. And then they have an R&B version that, um, oh, what's his yes. name? Joshua Henry. Yes, there you go. Joshua Henry, yep. He sings it and it's really good. And they include it in the movie somehow. It's like on a recording in or something in the background. Yeah. When things are getting frisky. That's it. That's it. <laughs> they hit the alarm clock and it comes on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything else that you want to point out from the movie, say about the movie, anything. And then we'll get on to the quiz. The only last thing I want to say is that one of the coolest parts, I think, to me is that, you know, he created Superbia. Mm -hmm. And because that didn't work, birthed Boho Days, the rock monologue. And then it wasn't just he kept writing new material and seeing if it would work. He took this one thing and created it into so many different things. It was like Boho Days. And then it turned into the Tick, Tick, Boom off Broadway. And then Lynn took those three above it and created something new with the movie. And so the fact that it has like all these iterations is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if he could have somehow had a, um, you know, 30 foot view of what this would become when he got the no from Superbia. Oh my gosh. He just never could have imagined. Oh, and no. so I think that's really beautiful to think about. And it's so tragic that he he went before he was gone before he got any accolades from anyone other than basically Stephen. Yep, yep, I know. He's got him now. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was one other thing that Lynn said um, in a video I watched about in Sunday when he put his name up on the marquee of the Moon Dance Diner because he had never seen his name like that before. I was like, oh, <sighs> get me right in the heart. Yeah. Oh, and and just the. The, the idea of what he could have done had he. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final words. Amazing. And. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Absolutely. I mean, the, honestly, I can't think of anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It's so enjoyable. And not, I'm not saying that like, I know so much about musical theater thing, but when, you know, when you watch a show or something that like you have learned a lot about you can't help it in your brain be like oh that part or maybe it'd be cool if they did this a little different but that movie you can just like sit and take it all in and let it wash over you Mm -hmm. and i Mm -hmm. it's just such an enjoyable experience well and i also think about anything with the arts anything with creativity 
there is mm-hmm. somewhere, someone somewhere that enjoys whatever's being made. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. So, so if the majority of people say eh, it's not good, doesn't mean that it's not good. Just right. the same as Superbia, they everyone told them it wasn't good. So, right. The arts are awesome. Support the arts. The end. The end. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> okay, here we go. This, this is going to be the, uh, what can I call it? Um, the reviewster. <laughs> yes, great. Okay, so what what I'm going to do is I've got 10 reviews and I, you're going to tell me if the review is for Tick Tick Boom, the movie, okay. or for another movie musical. And if you can tell me the movie musical, extra point. I get bonus points? Okay, I'm so ready. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> review number one. If you are a diehard fan of musicals, you'll love this film. If you are creative, you will become deeply immersed in the film. You will experience every emotion. You will become inspired and awakened. See, this is going to be harder than I thought. No, it's not. Just I'm guessing tick, tick, boom. Yes. <laughs> ding, ding. Ding, ding. See? See? Just go with your gut. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Number two. Best feel-good musical since Mamma Mia. A powerful story of a changing neighborhood and the people who inhabit it as the audience follows them through the trials and tribulations of life. That's for In the Heights. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Okay, number three. I didn't see the point in remaking this. The 1961 version was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and won 10, including Best Picture. Then I realized the themes in the story are unfortunately still relevant today. West Side Story. Yes! Good job! See? Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Wow, thanks guys! Okay, number four, just an overall amazing movie. I am a very picky musical watcher and I have rewatched this like 100 times. The plot is perfectly laid out and the acting is wonderful. The singing is amazing. Everything about this movie makes me smile. Is this your Tick, Tick, Boom review? No, (laughs) but it is Tick, Tick, Boom. I thought maybe you snuck yours in there. No, I'm not that brave. (laughs) Mine was probably five times longer than that. (laughs) Okay. Number five. I love this movie so much. The message is to love everyone for who they are, no matter what shape and size or what they look like. That's not Tick, Tick, Boom, but I don't know what it is. Uh, pay attention to no matter what shape or size or what they look like. Don't know. Hairspray. Oh, got it. <laughs> you still get one. You're, you're doing right. great. Just not a you've bonus got, point. You've got seven points so far. 
Wow. Okay. Okay. The movie smoothly weaves from life to stage narration and is easy to follow. I want to say that's tick, tick, boom. Final answer. Well, asking if it's my final answer makes me want to reconsider. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's tick, tick, boom. Booyah. Okay. I'm not a fan of romantic films, and since most musicals are romance-related, I don't really get into them. But this one has horror elements, romance elements, comedic elements, and songs that really slap. The horror elements makes me want to guess this is Sweeney Todd. There's another element you might want to factor in. (laughs) Songs that really slap? The comedic element. Oh, the comedic element. <laughs> Sweeney Todd isn't that funny. Is I would it? not say it is. So it's definitely not Tushy Boom. I do not know um, what it is. Okay, comedic. you still get one point. It's Little, little Shop, shop of Horse. Little Shop of Horse. I got it the last second. Okay. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> Fun fact, do you know who played um, the lead male in that on a stage production of it that I did not know could sing? Hmm. No. Tell me. Jake Gyllenhaal. Whoa. I know. Interesting. Hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that either. Okay. Number eight. The movie version is a grave disappointment. (gasps) With, with, (laughs) With flashes of brilliant casting interspersed with ridiculous and ill-suited pairings. So I have one in mind, but I'm afraid if I say it and it's not right, that's really going to be a diss to this. Um, I feel like, hear. I feel like with, within the last 10 years, you know exactly which one this is. It's a movie. Is it very recent? No. Okay. Then it's not with, what I thought. Within the last 10 years. Okay. I don't know which one it is, but I guess not Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay. I don't know which one. One point. Think French Revolution. (gasps) Les Mis. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Really, the only bad casting in there was Russell Crowe. Yeah. The amount of close-ups in that one, I was like, I I do not want to see their faces that close. (laughs) I do not. We don't need to zoom. (laughs) No. Like, they're still singing for the stage, but yet you're like. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, distance and persp- is a lot better perspective. Okay, mm-hmm. number nine. Love the nostalgia and malt shops, drive-in movies, great music, dancing, and classic cars. Grease? Yeah! <laughs> okay, great. I feel like there's a lot of musicals in that era. Oh, yeah. You wanna wanna wanna, you wanna wanna wanna, honey. Okay. <laughs> and the final one. Oh, great. Whew. This one is in all caps. It was in all caps all when right. I found it. I did not put it in all caps. <laughs> Fascinating. So I'm going to read it in all caps. Give it to me. Yes. And I'm going to kind of put a little accent on it because I feel like, okay. Dog, I have never reviewed anything before but i am feeling feelings very strongly i am having an amalgamation of relativity serenity writing urge and pain settle inside me dude 
how rad and right on art is meant to move people whether it be a pleasing way or a painful way the rawness of good art reminds us of a profound humanity and sympathetic abilities Woo! that's for tick tick boom <laughs> and someone is equally as passionate about it as we are look it was in all caps. who wrote that some dude on google i was gonna say it sounds like a comment like on a post someone just really excited youtube comment yeah incredible did, did i do okay with the acting chops you did great thank you yeah great do you think i could play alongside andrew yes in your garfield the musical remake I would do it. I don't care. <laughs> he would make it awesome somehow. I don't, I don't care if I'm playing a cat. I would do it. What's the dog's name in that? I don't know. <laughs> I would be the dog. <laughs> okay, you got 15 points. Whoa. You got you got them all right except for the bonus on the limits. Yes, thank you. And then all right. we'll end with me singing. Yes. I was going to forget this part. <laughs> do it. Do it. Okay. So you have to, you have to finish out the statement. So this was one of the quit. This was one of the quiz questions. So, oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah. So I, you will have to sing like a, a, a phrase or something. Okay. <clears throat> They're singing happy birthday. You just want to lay down and cry. Not just another birthday. But 3090. Wow. Woo! <laughs> there we go. That was a good one to end Beautiful on. <laughs> it was terrible because I was crying on the inside. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so happy I got to talk to you, Maggie, specifically, and also someone who's watched the movie that loves it just as much as me. Same. It was a great little celebration of this little ditty. Yeah, little ditty about uh jonathan larson yes yes exactly well thanks for having me no i'm going to, uh, if you're okay with it every time there's a movie musical i'm gonna call you great let's do it yes <laughs> I, you know i want to talk to my family about this constantly and no one will listen to me when i want to tell them about the musical so this was great it gives me an outlet and guess what that means other people can listen to us too because i'm right. sending this out to the audio waves all right. So this ends this awesome Tick, Tick, Boom episode of Muggle with a Mic. Thank you again, Maggie, for joining. Thank you so much.